you know, if you're constantly talking about yourself, then maybe they're not going to see it. But if you're sharing customer testimonials or, um, you know, how their business life improved, then that's great. People love social proof. But then also what I think is really impactful is telling stories about someone who didn't choose you. They didn't choose your product or service. How does their life look now? Right? It probably doesn't look better. It probably isn't improved. And so painting the picture of like, this is what, and like obviously in a really empathetic way, but like this is what your life is gonna look like if you do nothing. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years where I focused on marketing and branding strategy along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd, and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners, welcome to today's episode. Today, our guest is Jenna Bagley from A. Weber. She's an email marketing expert who is seriously going to drop so much knowledge, your mind will be blown. As the advocate manager for A. Weber, a leading email service provider and the very first autoresponder, Jenna works closely with content creators, podcasters, social media strategists, and enthusiasts, coaches, and entrepreneurs, and more. Through email marketing, you can connect with your audience and drive them back to your podcast, blog, website, or social platforms over and over again, keeping you top of mind. Having worked in several different industries over her career, including restaurant, bridal, real estate recruiting, direct sales, and now email marketing, Jenna has acquired a wealth of knowledge about sales, marketing, and what it means to build a relationship with your target audience. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Jenna, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. Yeah, so I am an email marketing success coach, and I work for AWeber. We're one of the, the leading email marketing platforms out there, and I do a, a lot, but primarily my my focus is I work with creators and entrepreneurs who want to teach their audience about email marketing, and I partner with them, and I do lots of trainings specifically geared more towards someone who's maybe just starting out with email or wants to start dabbling in it uh, to connect with their audience, and so I come and I teach and I partner with uh, with people and come and and come to their communities and uh, kind of give them all of the details about email marketing. And I also run our referral program here at AWeber. So I am a, a busy little bee. <laughs> that is yeah. a lot, and that's a really cool service. I think I am a huge fan of starting an email list mm-hmm. because it's something that you own, unlike social media. Um, My audience has heard me say this a million times before, so I'm not going to go into all the details of it. But um, I think it's really cool that as an email provider, you have someone who specifically focuses on entrepreneurs or people who maybe don't know email marketing to begin with, because I think it's really intimidating when you're looking at everything that goes into it, when you're... A to Z, right? Nuts to bolts. How do I pick an email provider? Mm -hmm. There's so many choices out there. And then like you have to get started and there's templates and there's nurture sequences and drip campaigns and automation. And I think there's a lot of people who are just like, I'm out. I can't do this. And, And I think it's really awesome that there's someone who specifically like focuses on it. And you get to bring that all to us today. So yeah. And I actually hear that a lot. Like people are so intimidated and overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because 
there are a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of lingo. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that you can do with email and you can get pretty sophisticated with it. But for someone who's just starting out, you know, you don't have to master it all at once. And, right. and I always tell people, no one starts out as an email marketing expert, right? Like it's a right. skill, <laughs> you have to learn it. There's yes. certain things that, you know, you, you must do. And then once you kind of get good at those, then start adding in a little bit more sophistication into your strategy. But it's better just to start, start emailing and connecting with people and then kind of fine tune it along the way. Absolutely. So why should entrepreneurs and small businesses be building an email list, using email marketing? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost, email is really one of the most, if not the most effective ways to communicate mm -hmm. with your audience. And, you know, largely in part because you're you're in control of your email, right? Like you yeah. can collect your subscribers, attract the people that you want to talk to, and you send them emails. And you know, there's no algorithm to fight. They they're either going to open the email or they're not, right? Yeah, so it puts you That's in a, a lot, point. right, a lot more control. And the other thing is, it keeps you top of mind, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when we're selling our products and we're selling our services, it, it's all about timing. You know, most people don't buy the first time they engage with us. It usually takes at least seven times for them to even remember us and, and, and what we do, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to keep following up with people because what happens is people have a pain point, right? And that pain point has to grow to a level where they're finally ready to take action. Right. And if someone finds you and, and they find your website and they like what you offer, but they're not ready to buy or engage, they're potentially gone forever. And I see a lot of people don't have a way to capture people's emails and follow up with them and, and, and provide value yeah. so yeah. that they're that, that authority, right? So when that person's pain level gets so high that they have to do something, you know, you want them to come back to you and, and they're going to remember you because you're popping into their inbox on a regular basis. So if for no other reason, staying top of mm -hmm. mind is such an important reason why entrepreneurs, small businesses need to grow an email list. But we also talked about the effectiveness. But then, you know, I think one thing that people overlook is that email is a great, great way to take people from that awareness stage, right? They found your website. Mm -hmm. They see you on social media. They know about you. They know right. that you exist, right? Maybe they know what you do. But you want to take those people from that awareness stage to nurturing a relationship and taking yep. it to a like a two-way conversation. And that's what email can do for small businesses. That's awesome. So I before we kind of get into like how you do email really well, there's something that I like it's been on my radar a lot recently because it's happened a few times. So there's very specific ways you can and cannot grow a list and a lot of people an email list and add mm -hmm. subscribers to your email list. And a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs don't necessarily know this, but there's there are laws around adding people. There's can spam mm -hmm. for one. GDRP is another that if you're you know learning about email marketing, you're going to see those two things pop up quite a bit. And basically what it boils down to is that there's a right way and a wrong way to add people to your email list. And you cannot simply just add someone to your email list because they emailed your business. So, and that's happened to me probably five times in the past two months. Like I sent an email, like asking a question and I just got, I didn't get a response, but I did get added to their yeah. email list. I was like, it what are you so much. doing? So can you just very like briefly, what is like the best way to add a subscriber and what are ways that you absolutely should not add somebody to an email list if you want to be kind of like top-notch, all about kind of doing it the right way? Yeah. And this is a great question. I get this all the time. And Caitlin, you're so right. Like I will be on like having a phone call with someone and we'll be talking about like, oh, maybe we'll partner. Right. And then mm -hmm. next thing you know, I'm on their marketing list and I didn't opt into it. And yep. that is just a no-no. You don't want to do that because what that does, it makes that other person feel icky, right? Like, ooh, like mm -hmm. did we do that? <laughs> and um, you want to make sure that your email is 100% permission-based. And yeah. here at AWeber, we're, we are 100% permission-based. You cannot buy lists. You cannot 
um, just import random emails. They need yeah. to, uh, the subscribers have need to opt in. And um, it's so important because you want to make sure that you're emailing people who want to hear from yes. you. Yes. And you know, so many people get hung up on like vanity metrics, right? Like we're, we've yes. all been guilty of it at one point or another. You want to build the biggest following and you want to build the biggest list and you yes. want to connect with as many people as possible, even if they're not your ideal customer, right? Yep. And it's not about the biggest. It's not about, you know, how many people are on your list. It's about, are you attracting the right people that are Absolutely. most likely to move from someone who knows about you to a customer to a, you know, raging fan. Right. And, you know, I, I get this question so, so many times. The best way really is to, um, you know, incentivize your ideal customer to join yes. your list, giving them something in exchange for their email address. And, you know, there's a really important step that people forget and they want to just get right to emailing. Like I should email, right? Like mm -hmm, email my mm -hmm. list. But first you need to make sure that you have the right people. And so the, everyone's like, what's the very first thing I should do in my email strategy? And, you know, the answer is not what you think it might be. It's it's sit down, really, really like dial in to the point of like giving your ideal customer a name, characteristics, mm -hmm, what's their pain mm -hmm. points, what's their challenges, absolutely, and really get to know your ideal customer. And then what's your solution, right? Like yes. how does your solution help them? Um, or better yet, figure out, you know, don't figure out the product or service first, figure out their pain point and then develop yeah. a product or service to answer that, yep. right? And so many people skip this step. They just put out, you know, sign up forms and landing pages and lead magnets, and they really don't know who they're talking to. So once you get that really just defined, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you have a really great offer that solves a smaller problem that leads to a bigger problem that your product or service solves, right? Right. And you want to attract them like a step or two before they need you. And, you know, I, we could spend a whole hour talking about lead magnets, right? <laughs> right. Um, but we won't. Um, that'll be another conversation. But um, you want to make sure that you are meeting them before they need your offer. And that's something that a lot of people kind of, you know, forget. Like, because I could say, hey, your lead magnet should be something that helps your audience. Well, right. there's a lot of things that could help your audience that doesn't really take them on a journey towards what you're offering at the end. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're meeting them before they need you, like a step or two before. And your mm -hmm. lead magnet is going to solve, like I said, that smaller problem and show you as an authority. And then you're able to give them more value over time. That's going to lead to that bigger ask at the end. And so, mm. um, you know, that's the best way because here's the, here's the thing. Nobody wants to join another email list, right? Right, right. I was I just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I see like so many times like on people's website, like if they have a sign up form, great. That's step one. A lot of people yeah. don't even have a way to capture emails. So that's great. But if it's saying join my list or sign up for updates or mm -hmm. join my email club, like that's just not good enough, right? Like it's, it's good, yeah. but it's not good enough. And so you want to make sure you have a really compelling reason because here's the thing. People don't want emails. They don't want your right. email list. They right. want something that they perceive as valuable. They want transformation. They want education or information. They want to save time or save money. That's what people want, right? And mm -hmm. so your, your sign-up form can't say sign up for my email list. It has to give the benefits. It has to set expectations um, and so some of the best lead magnets out there, you know, quizzes, people love finding out mm -hmm. information about themselves. Right. And then it gives you information that is going to be really valuable down the line like and sending targeted information. Um, so quizzes are great. It could be a PDF. It could be curated content that you already have. So maybe yeah. your top five most downloaded podcast episodes. Because yeah. I know like for me, like when I find a podcast I really like, 
I, I typically don't go to episode one and then listen to every single right, one. Right. Like, I want like, what's the best? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That totally um, makes sense. Same thing for bloggers. Like it could be curated blog posts. It could mm-hmm. be your favorite recipes. If you're a food blogger, it could be, um, it could be a webinar, like registering for a one-time event. These are all great ways to grow your list. But here's a secret. Um, that, and this is something that a lot of people, especially new people in email marketing, miss. And it's a really great, easy way to grow your list. And that's by connecting the third-party tools that you use every single day in your business and connecting it to your email list. So let's say you are an Etsy Mm -hmm. shop owner, right? You should be adding um, your Etsy to your email marketing provider. Make sure they talk to each other. Same thing with Shopify. WordPress, PayPal, like there's hundreds of tools that you can connect to your ESP or your email service provider to seamlessly add people to your list. So that's one that people miss all the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think people miss it. And I know like I've done this before too, because I'm just like, I, it seems complicated sometimes. Like there are some tools, it's not necessarily the email provider. (laughs) A lot of times it's like the other tool that you're like, oh, this is like harder than it should be. And you're asking me, um, you know, like I have, I have one client and she's like, I, they're asking me for like TXT files and all this stuff that she's like, this is like way over my head. So I think sometimes it's, it's way more complicated yeah. than it has to be, unfortunately. Um, but the other thing too, that I always wonder is then like, so if it's not a lead magnet, if I am selling something, cause I have a couple things that I sell, um, going back to, is that a way that I can add someone to my email list? And we had this debate in my corporate job all the time. We were financial services and people would give us their email address. And in our disclaimer, when they gave us their email address for mobile and online banking, it said like, we can email, mar- like email you for marketing purposes, but people were still like, no, 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 we can't do that. Cause we didn't specifically like tell them like verbally when they gave us their email address, it was also going to be used for marketing purposes. And so that's, I think, kind of the other reason I know for myself personally why I've been like, I don't know if I should connect this tool because I don't know if it's like 100% kosher and I'm opting people in the right way. Yeah. So if there is an integration with a third-party tool that integrates with your email provider, you know, it's probably okay, right? Or the email provider wouldn't allow the connection. That's true. And, you know, as long as they, there's some explicit, um, you know, wording language that says, somewhere. yeah, as long as that language is somewhere, then you're fine. Now, here's the thing. You could do a con- confirmation uh, opt-in mm-hmm. message. And that's yeah, a, that double opt-in. Yeah, that's a best practice. So, yep. um, so say you're selling stuff on Etsy, right? Maybe it's digital products. And, um, you know, according to Etsy's privacy policy that you have to send a confirmation opt-in or it has to be very mm-hmm. explicit in your description. Right. But if you have the language there that's saying like you, you may, you know, by making this purchase, you're going to be receiving marketing messages and letting them know that there is a way to unsubscribe, then you're yeah, fine. You're um, yeah. yeah. Like Shopify is going to integrate with Aweber, you know, as an right. example, and the purchasers are going to be automatically added to the Aweber list. Um, and you could do double opt-in if you want, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's definitely okay. Now, here's the thing. I get this question a lot too, where people are like, so I had a business like 10 years ago and I have mm-hmm. all of my customer mm-hmm. emails yeah. and now I'm doing something different. Is it all right to add them to my list? And it's like, no, no it's not. not. Like, yeah. You would think like common sense, right? But common sense for people is different. And so like you can't add those people to your new list. And first of all, like, if you haven't engaged with them in 10 years, <laughs> they probably you know, don't want to hear from you anyway. <laughs> they don't remember you. Right? Right. That's true. They may want to hear from you. They just don't remember yeah. you. And then you're going to email them and they're going to mark you as spam because they're like, yeah. I didn't sign up for this. And so yes. you just want to be smart. Um, I would say like, I wouldn't even go back more than six months of worth of customers. Right. Um, but yeah, you could absolutely add your purchasers through an integration or, you know, import them into your list and make sure that you're sending that confirmation opt-in and giving them the chance to say, yes, I want to be on this list. Yeah, that's 
Okay. Very good. So hopping back. <laughs> so now I'm like going back and forth. I didn't plan my follow-up questions. That's very okay. <laughs> so thinking back to the lead magnet too. Um, so we've got, I, Caitlin is now super clear on how she can opt people in. So thank you all for going on that journey <laughs> with me. Uh, but chances are, if I need it, even as somebody who knows marketing, if I need it, then I'm sure other people do too. Definitely. Um, but so I love the advice about your lead magnets and kind of meeting people a couple steps before they actually need you. Because this is actually, it is not advice that I have heard anybody else give. And the the common advice that I typically hear is like, you know, add value to your community, add value to those subscribers. So then, you know, you think about, okay, um, you know, take myself, for example. I was like, well, I help people create marketing plans. So I can give you like an example of a marketing plan. Okay, well, that's great. But it's actually been really challenging. Like I've cycled through several lead magnets because I'm thinking about like, what do those people need at the moment they're Googling something? And I've never approached it from how could I meet them maybe two or three steps beforehand so that, you know, they are maybe a little bit more engaged and they kind of see that value. Because what I find happens is then like there's what you're aiming for when you build that email list, right, is for people who are going to be engaged with you. Mm -hmm. They're not going to just sign up for your freebie or your lead magnet, get it, and then like never engage with you again. And so what I find happens is that's exactly what was happening with my email list. They were like coming, they're getting their lead magnet, and I'm throwing out, you know, my podcast and my newsletter and things like that. Those always got really good click-throughs. And I was following the 80-20 rule, you know, like, add value 80% of the time, don't sell mm -hmm. more than 20% of the time. And when it came to selling, people were still like not doing a whole lot. And I was like, what is going on? And so I'm going to try it um, and kind of revamp and go back a couple of steps and see, um, you know, if you can, if I can drive some more engagement by maybe having a lead magnet that solves a problem, like you said, one or two steps ahead mm -hmm. so that I could sell to the step that they're at potentially exactly, and engage them that way. And, and so that's really smart. I think it's, it's something that people have not said. And I am wondering why, because that's like the best advice I've heard. It makes so much oh. more sense because I was like, <laughs> I'm adding value, right? I was like, these, these are things that like I went out and I did market research and I talked to people and I talked to potential clients and customers and they were like, this is what I'm struggling with. So I created lead magnets for what they are struggling with. And then like, it was okay. They performed okay, but they weren't like amazing. Like I thought they yeah. would be. Something that I would suggest to everyone, too, is to go to the, your clients who have bought from you, right? Like your best customers, maybe people who've come back and, and repeat purchase. Mm -hmm. And I would go out and ask them, like, what what was your biggest struggle or what was it that you, what yeah. problem were you looking to solve or, you know, kind of survey them. And that's going to be like your best resources. The people have already bought from you. Find out what they're saying. What are the words that they're actually using and write down verbatim what they're mm -hmm, saying. Mm -hmm. And if that, like, you know, if that, if you see patterns between all of your customers, then you know you're onto something and you can kind of work backwards. So yeah. definitely use the people who you've had success from and, and use that to kind of tweak your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super great advice. <laughs> I don't know why more people aren't saying that. Um, so now, now that we're kind of like committed to building a list, we are doing it the right way. We understand how to create a lead magnet. Now I kind of get to the point where it's like, I am told, hey, I need an email strategy. I need an email marketing strategy. And I Google that and there are millions yeah. of ways, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then this is where you get into like all those technical terms and you see like automation and drip campaign and nurture sequences. And, and you're like, ah, <laughs> yes, yes. And like nine times out of 10, my clients are like, I don't know what to do with any of these things. Yeah. Help me, help me. So where do you start? And you mm -hmm. said at the beginning, like there are some basic things that you just kind of need to do to have your bases covered. So what are, what are those? Where do I yeah. start? Yeah. So 
so absolutely like keep it simple right like the, we talked a little bit about the first step. Make sure you have a way to collect emails, right? And mm -hmm. you can't start emailing people if you don't have email addresses. And we already <laughs> talked about like, <laughs> you can't just add anybody, right? right. So, um, so having that sign up form either on your website or your blog or having a separate landing page where you are collecting email subscribers. Maybe that's yeah. where you have your lead magnet and you're driving traffic to that landing page. And landing pages are great because there's just one clear path for them to choose. There's one call to action. Um, you know, a website is great for awareness and, and yeah. you want people to learn about you and kind of navigate through the site. But when there's an action that you want them to take, it's better to have a, a landing page where it's just that one thing. There's mm -hmm. no there's no confusion as to what you want that right. visitor to do. So a landing page is a great way to um, have people sign up to your list, you know, take advantage of your lead magnet. It's a great way to uh, do event registrations or webinars, or, you know, maybe you want to yeah. drive them to one particular place. A landing page is great. So that's kind of step one, collect subscribers, have them <laughs> opt in, right? So if you're, if you're at step one, like great job. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Step two is um, now that you're collecting subscribers, like now what, right? You want to make sure that they are getting an automatic email welcoming them to your community. Your, you know, your list yes. should be your community, yeah. right? And this is something that I see a ton of people not do. Mm -hmm. And welcome emails are huge. They're so impactful because guess what? People, when they first join your list, are the most excited they're ever going to be, right? right. <laughs> it's like the anticipation, like, oh my gosh, yes. like, I, I'm, I'm actually going to give up my email address and mm -hmm. I'm excited about it, right? And so you want to make sure that you have an automated, and you can do this with Aweber, you can do this with pretty much any email service yeah. provider, make sure that it's automatically sent up so that when they subscribe, they're getting that email. And it's going to set the tone. It's going to set expectations mm -hmm. like, hey, this is the kind of content you're going to get from me. This is how often I'm going to be emailing you. Because when you set expectations, they're much more likely to comply, right? They're going to be yep. like, oh, okay, so she's going to email me every Thursday. And on Thursday, when that email pops up, it's not going to be a surprise. And they're going to say, oh, mm -hmm. there's that email that she said I was going to get. Yes. And they're going to open it, right? And Welcome emails really do set you up for long-term success and engagement. And that's ultimately what we want. We want people to open, click, yep. reply. So, you know, this is a great opportunity to tell a little bit about yourself and build excitement. Maybe ask a question, give some free value right out of the gate mm -hmm. in addition mm -hmm. to the lead magnet. Um, because then you're training your list to say, oh, every time I open this, I'm getting something that's really helpful to me. Yeah. So when I see another email, you bet I'm going to open that. Yeah. So yep. if you're not, if you're listening and you're, you, you're collecting email subscribers, but you're not sending an automated welcome email, then that's the first thing you need to do on when, when you stop listening to this. Yes. Right. Um, because it truly, truly is going to set you up for that long-term success. And email really is a long-term game, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then once you have that, right, next up is you want to make sure that you send a regular valuable newsletter. And a newsletter is just an email that you're going to send to your list or a segment of your list on a regular basis that helps them. And, you know, you could do it weekly, bi-weekly. I wouldn't do less than monthly because remember we said at the beginning, you want to stay top of mind. You want to be in their inbox on a regular basis. And a newsletter is a really fun, informative way to do that. And so those are the three things that you really just need to focus on. Those are the only three things you really need to worry about. Once you get comfortable with that, then start adding in some other things. Um, but, you know, you said a couple of buzzwords, automation. Well, mm -hmm. that welcome email that's automatically sent, that's an that's automation. automation. It's, yep. that, it's that simple. Yeah. And that's what I think trips people up. You know, like you see all of these buzzwords and marketers love buzzwords. We just do. Mm -hmm. We're going to give mm -hmm. them to everything. But it's really not, it's really not as complicated as it's 
sometimes made out to be. And a lot of times, like you said, like your your email provider is probably going to have like some sort of template or sequence that mm-hmm. you can kind of follow and just and tweak so that even if you're like, I don't really know like how many emails should I include? What should they say? What's the order that they should go in? Like a lot of times they'll kind of have like a three or four temp three or four email template yeah. that you can be like, oh, okay, I, I see here. And even if you don't use it exactly like they say, it'll kind of give you some direction. So it's just making sure that like you're taking advantage of it and you're getting mm-hmm. it set up so that you can kind of go through, go through that sequence. Yeah, definitely. And there are a ton of resources. You know, I know specifically we have templates for all different kinds of automations or what we call campaigns Mm -hmm. um, where we build out. Maybe it's a three email sequence. You fill in the blanks, kind of add your personality, but it has all the framework. So it's like when someone subscribes to your list, send this email, then wait a day, then send this email, then wait a day. And so when you have a lead magnet, right, you should make sure in that first email that you're delivering the lead magnet, but then maybe you're going to wait a day or two and you're going to send them another email that says like, Hey, how'd you like that lead magnet? Yeah. Uh, You know, you want to check in. People (laughs) like being checked in on, right? Yes. Um, What did you think? Like ask questions, get them to reply back to you because you know, we, we want people to open, we want people to click, we want people to reply. Replying is like the big, like golden ticket, right? That's like the number one way to engage with emails is by having them reply. And a lot of times like people need permission, right? To, to do things. And that's why you always want to have a call to action in your emails and a call to action doesn't always have to be like buy something. And I think that's kind of, uh, Uh, something that people misinterpret as well. A call to action could simply be like, reply to this email and tell me what your biggest challenge is today or go read this blog article or check out my Instagram post that Mm -hmm. was super helpful this week. Um, Yeah. Just a step they need to take. Exactly. Like what's the next step? And I see a lot of people with their emails it's just, it ends with the email and yeah. you always want to make sure that when someone finishes reading, they're like, oh, okay, here's the next logical step. Yes. I'm going to go to yes. here. And um, everything should always be connected. There should never be a dead end. It should be, you know, go here, go there, or I'm on social, sign up for my email list. Then my email says, go to my blog. And then my blog says, here's a really cool guide that's free. And then the guide gets emailed to you. And then the email says, you know, so there's always a next step. I think that's really smart about, you know, kind of thinking through and and leading people through kind of or down that that path that you want them to go through and connecting all of your your channels together. And that's what marketers like to call leading people through a sales funnel, <laughs> which is like another thing that I is is really intimidating because mm-hmm. you feel like you've kind of got to map this process out and it has to be like, again, really complicated and like there's some secret to it. But really what it comes down to is kind of understanding, you know, where if if somebody comes to you and joins your email list at this point through your social media, through a lead mm-hmm. magnet, through your blog, whatever that place is, then what is that next logical step you want them to take? That's going to move them a step closer to knowing more about you, being more comfortable with you. That's ultimately going to step them toward whatever sale you do want to make for them. Yeah. right? And so it's kind of that that value that you bring to them throughout that process that gets them to make the purchase. Kind of like you said at the beginning, um, where it's like, you just, people know about you when they join and moving them through a sales funnel gets them to a point where they're ready to purchase from you. You're warming them up. So is there, do you have any best practices for nurturing people through a sales funnel? Yeah, I I would say, you know, be an expert, don't be a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And people don't like being that. sold to. Um, yeah. you know, just think about our own uh experiences, own right? Yeah. And no one no one wants to be sold to, but I mean, they want help solving a problem. Yeah. They want to be served, right? They want um they want help buying, but they don't want to be mm-hmm. sold to. And I, I worked for a long time in in real estate, and that was something 
that I always tried to keep top of mind was that, you know, like my company that I worked for, I worked for a new home builder. They wanted me to sell houses, mm-hmm. sell as many houses as you can, sell yep. them to yep. whoever you can. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you sell get a house. Even you if they don't house. like it, sell them the house, right? <laughs> and, you know, after almost five years, I really had like a, uh, you know, a moment of consciousness where I'm like, I don't want to sell houses. I yeah. want to help people buy houses. Yeah. And, you know, there was definitely a, a moment where I'm like, this may not align anymore. Um, but <laughs> hey, that has brought me here. Yeah. But it's kind of that same mentality. Like, I don't want to sell somebody something. I want to help them solve their problem. And when you approach it from that perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People are so much more drawn to that vibe, right? Yeah. And so you want to make sure that you are setting yourself up as the expert, as the authority in Mm -hmm. that space so that when their pain levels, right, we talked about like they have a pain point and it keeps increasingly Mm -hmm, like over mm -hmm. time gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where like they have to do something. Yeah. And because you have nurtured them, right, by showing them that you are the the one, right? Like, yes. Like when people think of email marketing, they think of me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when they think of their problem, they want to look at you as, of course, you're going to be the one that they go to to solve that. Yeah. Um, And that's what email can do for you is really set yourself apart from the rest, right? Everyone has competition. Everybody, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. But if you're constantly coming into their inbox with helpful things, right, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, of course, there's no other choice out there, but, you know, Caitlin. Yes. And that's what you can accomplish through email by serving people. Now, of course, we're all here to make money, right? That's, yeah, you yeah. Know, we're not doing this pro bono, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a way to do it that resonates with people that they start to know, like, and trust you. And when you've established that trust, then they're going to buy from you. Absolutely. I, I I like that phrase that people don't want to be sold to, but they want help buying because I think that um, really does kind of like shift your mindset. And at the end of the day, everybody knows, everybody knows that we want to make a sale. Mm-hmm. Our audience, our audience knows that they're not going to be shocked when right. like you put a sale offer out there, but if you don't want to feel icky about how you're selling, like leading with a sale (laughs) isn't the way to go. Doing, you know, building that and helping them make a decision about something and solving those different pain points, like you said, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the point that kind of becomes the the turning point where they go, oh, like you said, of course I'm going to choose and go with AWeber over somebody else because Jenna has helped me a ton. I've learned so much. And so that's where it's a very smart kind of marketing strategy to to just kind of add that value. And you're going to hear like no trust from pretty much every every marketer out mm-hmm. there. But there is a reason that we talk about it because it's true. When you think about yourself as a human and in your own buying and purchasing habits, if if you if you think about the process you go through, it is that like no trust process. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to be really conscientious, I think, of applying that to your own audience and your own customers um, so that you you really do kind of add that value and serve them like you were saying. So yeah. I think and that's really smart. A really great way through email to do this is, is storytelling. And storytelling, mm-hmm. not only like maybe customer testimonials, people who've already purchased through you, how their life has changed. Because remember, when we were talking about lead magnets, I said people don't want emails, right? They want transformation. They want mm-hmm. to, They want their lives to be better, their business to be better. They want something, mm-hmm. something needs mm-hmm. to be improved, right? They're looking for a solution. And, um, you know, if you're constantly talking about yourself, then yeah. maybe they're not going to see it. But if you're sharing customer testimonials, or, um, you know, how their business life improved, then that's great. People love social proof. But then yeah. also what I think is really impactful is telling stories about someone who didn't choose you. They didn't choose mm-hmm. your product or service. How does their life look now? Right. It probably doesn't look better. It probably right. isn't improved. Right. And so painting the picture of like, 
this is what, and like, obviously in a really empathetic way, but like, this is what your <laughs> life is going to look like if you do nothing. Yeah. And so yeah. that was something that we, you know, back to like when I was selling homes, right. People would come in and, you know, they're guarded, right. The, Cause they're like, there's yep. going to be a salesperson inside. I don't mm-hmm, want to be sold mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. but part of our job, right. Was to, to figure out like, what's their real motivation? Like, why are they moving? Right. It's, and people would say like, oh, well, I need more space. Well, that's Mm. not a reason. Like needing more space is not a reason to move, but maybe it's needing a bigger kitchen because you want to start an in-home bakery business. Sure, Sure. Or maybe it's, I need a fourth bedroom because my kids are sharing and bedtime is a disaster. And I, (laughs) I'm yelling, spending my downtime yelling, right? Right. So there's always an outcome that people want. And so when you speak to outcomes and not necessarily your products or your services, but Mm -hmm. what that outcome Mm -hmm. is, then people are going to start being really opened up and like, I want that outcome. And, or if I don't get that, then I'm not going to have this outcome. And so you really need to figure out the motivation of, and that's why, you know, when we said, when we first started this conversation, I said, you really, really need to know your customer. You need to know characteristics, their names, what's their pain points, what's their challenges, what are their interests. If you've done a really good job on that step, then the rest is going to be easy because you're going to know that person like you know yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the... So for those of you who are listening, because market research, I think, is one of the hardest steps you're going to take in your Mm -hmm. business. And it's so critical. Anytime you launch like any new marketing effort, market research is like step one of it all the time. Even if you think, I know my customer, so I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Going back and doing the research and making sure and that you're talking to your current customers, say like, hey, I'm going to launch this new um, product or this new service. Does it resonate with you? Is it something that you would take advantage of? Because you'd be shocked. Like sometimes even when you know them really well, just because it seems like a really great idea to you doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that they would purchase or buy from you. And so doing that that research up front is one of the hardest things that you're going to do, but it's going to be one of the most effective the most effective steps you can take to set up whatever it is yeah. you're doing for success. And I say it's hard because it's just it's hard to get people to to kind of talk to you. And especially if you don't have like a large volume, right? Especially if you're just starting out and you maybe have one or two clients that aren't going to be like representative. It's not statistically relevant, right? Um, You're probably not going to be able to get statistically relevant in any amount of research as as an entrepreneur. But, you know, two people versus maybe like 10 or 15, there's still a big difference there. But knowing those people is so critical to being able to set yourself up for success and really be able to kind of paint that picture like you said. And so it's something that I I advocate for, um, but you just kind of have to go in like eyes wide open and understand what you're looking for mm-hmm. um, and what you need to get from those folks so that you can really do the best job serving them as, as possible. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of in mind – you can you can usually segment your usually you can <laughs> you can segment yeah. your customers when you get into an an email provider and so segmenting for for those of you who are listening who don't know it's really just categorizing your um, your subscribers in a certain way whatever way you want to choose it might be like where you acquired them. Um, so for me, I, I acquire subscribers through speaking engagements. So sometimes I set up um, a, a segment for a specific speaking engagement, or it might be um, through a website or something that you are doing. So that in and of itself, though, sounds really intimidating. Do I segment and create something create a new segment for every single place that I could possibly acquire? Or do I just kind of have maybe like some general buckets where it's like speaking engagements, podcasting, or you know what I'm saying? Like how do I kind of go about segmenting those people so that I can talk to them kind of in a unique way, if that makes sense? 
Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely segment them based on specific speaking engagements in your case. So, you know, if you met them at one speaking engagement, maybe the context was a little bit different than another. Mm -hmm. Maybe you had a different talk at one than another. Right. And so you want to make sure that you're really speaking to that. You can also segment based on demographics. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, once the world opens back up fully. Right. Like and we're yeah. traveling a lot more. Um, maybe you're doing a, a speaking engagement in one state and then another, you can yeah. break it down by demographics. You can break it down by interests or even um, skill level, right? So is it, yeah. is it yeah. brand new entrepreneurs that like are literally just starting at ground zero or is it more seasoned entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. um, you'll want to have different content for both those audiences because, you know, your, your main content might not resonate with both mm -hmm. of those subsets of, of groups. It can be based on, um, you know, behaviors. Did they open the emails? Are they yeah. clicking the emails? Because you might send a different email to people who haven't opened in six months than you're sending to people Absolutely. who are regularly reading your emails. You could also segment it by um, purchases. Have they bought from you? Are they a prospect? Are they a warm lead? Are they a customer? Are they a raving fan? Because that content might be different for each of those subsets as well. And so there's a lot of really creative things that you can do with segmenting mm -hmm. to make sure that you are sending really targeted messaging because that's going to help with yeah. your open rates and your click-through rates. And, you know, we want to send emails that people care about. And, yeah. you know, when going back to when we were talking about, like, here's the three things you should worry about, um, you know, just sending the email, you know, and checking a box is, is not the right strategy, right? Yeah. Like, you want to make sure that every email is purposeful, like you're intentionally mm -hmm. sending an email. And, you know, people feel like, in business, right? They have to check boxes like, okay, yeah. like did that check. Um, but there's really no intent behind it. And with emails, you want to make sure because there's a lot of noise in the inbox, right? You want to make sure you stand out and in a good way, like you don't want to be just sending emails that, that aren't relevant. And yeah. so you want to make sure that there's purpose. We talked about always having that call to action, yeah. but making sure that in every email, they say, okay, cool. Like what's mm -hmm. in it for me? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you should be sending emails for them and not for you. And, yep. um, when we can do that in a way that's really purposeful and really, um, you know, super, super targeted to each kind of subset of your audience, um, then you're going to see a lot more success. Like, you know, I tell people, um, or I ask people a lot, like, who's your ideal customer? Mm -hmm. And people will be like, entrepreneurs. And I'm like, well, that's not your ideal customer. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, entrepreneurs, that's not like, what kind of entrepreneurs? Is there yeah, a specific yep. niche? Is there industry? Is it what's like level of entrepreneurs that someone just starting out? Is it someone mm -hmm, who's more mm -hmm. seasoned? You know, um, like I was in a clubhouse room. I'm, I'm big on clubhouse. I, I don't know if you're on there, but yeah, I'm, I'm um, to follow you. Yeah. So I do a ton of rooms on email marketing and people, you know, will ask questions and I'll say, well, who's your ideal audience? And they'll be like, um, well, I'm a maternity photographer. So it's, you know, women who are expecting. And I'm like, that's not your ideal customer. Right. Right. And so then like, we'll dial it down and it'll be like, well, what month do you want to take maternity pictures? And, and she's like seven months, like seven months pregnant. And I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. that's not your ideal customer. <laughs> and and they're like what? And right. I'm like, well, how how far out are you booking photo shoots? Yeah. And she's like, she's probably a few months, three months, sooner. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, your ideal customer is an ex woman who's expecting who's three or four months pregnant. What pain point? What challenges did they have? And that's what you, we're going to work right, on. Right. Right. And that goes back to what we were saying earlier, Caitlin, about like meet them one or two steps before they need mm -hmm. you. And, um, so just wanted to make sure that we kind of clarified that, uh, dialing in is really getting like peeling back the layers of exactly when do you need to meet them so that when your offer makes the most sense, you already have them in your list. Yeah. That make it just, I, I don't know why it like hasn't clicked before or why like it, I'm sure I'm not the first person that's ever said I, You that. know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> 
Um, maybe, maybe I just don't, maybe I have just not been listening. It just makes so much more sense. Um, when you say, you know, step that back, um, because it's so true. Like if I'm ready to, we always think about like getting people at the point where they're ready to buy. Well, but there's likely a decision process that went into that. And there is probably a period of time where I have to, warm up to the idea of purchasing whatever product or service. Mm -hmm. I might, you know, be an expecting mom who's four months, three or four months pregnant, but, you know, there was a process to get there. And, and I had to kind of think about and decide, you know, is this something I want to do? You know, what's my price point? What's the aesthetic I'm looking for? Like there was a whole journey that I went through that led me to you. So I think that is just really dialing it in and and then stepping out one well, or two steps before that. Yeah, it's just, it, I don't know why back in my mind this morning. <laughs> people don't normally buy on the first interaction, yeah. right? Like yeah. what, back again to me selling houses, when somebody walked into the model home on that very first day, like very, very rarely, like once in a blue moon would someone be like, it's perfect. Where do I sign? Like that was like <laughs> yeah. the dream. Right. And and yeah. I've had that happen, but it's very, very few um, times. So people, you know, they come in, they, they want to come back like time mm-hmm. and time again to make sure that's a huge purchase. Right. Bring and that's friend, buying a home. Right. But yeah. like buying a, like a $900 course, like that's a huge deal for people, especially yeah. if they're just starting out in business. And so we need to recognize that like that's a that's a big deal to somebody, mm-hmm. even if they were going to spend $50. Right. Yeah. You know, that's something that they're like, is this the right person? Is this the right solution? Is the timing right? There's so much that goes into it. And people, you know, it's going to happen where people are like, oh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Where do I sign up? But very few and far between does that happen. And we need to have that time for that no like and trust yeah. so that they're not shopping around being like, well, Caitlin does this, but so does, you know, Susie and Joe and yep, Bobby. Yep. And, you know, so we need to, to have time to set ourselves apart from everybody else and to really let them know that we understand their struggles and that we're, we're the best person to solve that problem for them. Mm, that. That right there is like the perfect kind of summary of email marketing. I think it's just such a great way to kind of put a little bow on email marketing and say like- I feel like we kind of circled back, right? Like came full circle. We did. So with that, if customers want to connect with you, how go ahead, plug yourself. How do they connect? Where do you go? Well, you can absolutely email me. I, you know, love connecting with people. So my email is Jenna B at aweber.com and I'm on social. I love social just as much as email marketing. So you can clubhouse. Yep. So I'm on Clubhouse. I do uh, I do like five or six rooms a week. Um, I'm very active on Clubhouse. So come find me there. And I'm at Jenna Bagley. And I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. So all under Jenna Bagley. I'll send you the links um, if you want to link to them. They'll be linked in the show notes. Yep. Yep. And then if you want more information on AWeber, um, there's lots of options out there. I happen to think AWeber is pretty awesome and and one of the best options. You can go to aweber.com to find out more information. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. I sincerely appreciate it. Yes, it's been fun. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. Seriously, some of the best advice I've gotten regarding email marketing. It's something I need to get better at, and I'm really excited to put some of Jenna's advice into practice. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. If so, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.